1: hello folks it's david here and i would just like to take a moment to actually go and check out our sponsors nordvpn internet security very important i'm sure it's something that you're concerned about as well me i like to know that i'm the person in control of my data i live on my phone and the amount of stuff i do on it from banking to documents to private messaging i need to know is secure. We all know that there are bad people out there who will come in and uh, try and get our details and uh, spend our money for us. NordVPN prevents that, especially if you're using public Wi-Fis or you're using Wi-Fis away from your home. If you use NordVPN, you are safe and protected. It also allows you to take short holidays to places if that's ever required. It's a brilliant product. I use it every day and highly recommend it. And you can get a tremendous offer if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand that's nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand or use the code heart and hand to get up to 70% off your nordvpn plan you'll also get one additional month for free risk-free with nord it's 30 day back money uh, 30 day money back guarantee so all you need to do if you don't like it is just say nope and you'll get your money back so go and check them out as i say it's very important you'll get peace of mind go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand.
2: Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week and the final extra show of the season. Um, and my name is Cammy Bell and I don't think I get a better panel of guests than this. First of all, Mr Martin Ramsey. Martin, uh, welcome to Extra this week and a very interesting one to be able to try and talk about because it's been a bit, of, a bit of a quiet week, I think it's fair to say.
0: Yeah, the full gamut of human emotions to get through, I yeah, Good to be on
2: as always. Yeah, we will discuss what stage in the in the kind of grief process that we're at as well. And uh, listen, this is it doesn't get much bigger than this, Mister David Edgar.
1: Yeah, hello everyone. Uh, not the pod we wanted to be doing today, but as uh, well it is. And as you mentioned there, you you move through trying to to push towards acceptance, it's still tinged with a lot of anger about the way that supporters were treated at the match, uh, and obviously the. The, the huge disappointment of a fallen shot.
2: Yeah, and and we will obviously get into the, the kind of various different aspects of that. I am still in Spain. I'm not yet back in the UK. I am in the just in the outskirts of Alicante. Martin arrived home this morning, and David, you're back in Costa del Cal, uh, Cal winning. Um, boys, let's let's we have to talk about the game. I don't think there's any any other way around it. I think um, we we went into this final, David very different uh, flavour to me rather than Manchester in in 2008 where we had a a deserved sense of confidence you've rightly said uh, on shows previously that we navigated this journey through to the final on merit on great performances on fantastic results both home and away Um, that wasn't due to you know a lucky red card or a last minute penalty or some such thing uh, we got into, into kick-off and Wednesday at 9 o'clock and I, and I was the same as you and I think that there was a tangible air in Seville of we were here and we were here to do a job. It wasn't just a case of we were just happy to be at the party.
1: No, definitely. And I think that, it, as you say, it had been earned uh, on the run. And look, you know, if you just look at the result, 1-1, was 5-4 in penalties. It, it was justified. That's how close Rangers came to it. Uh, however, I think that in terms of the setup, up, you know, I did no complaints about the team the manager went with, what brought him to the dance. Uh, there was the worry about the lack of a striker uh, and it did it did hurt us uh, at times. Uh, you, you think how different it would have been, one of many if only, if, if Alfie had been available, for example. But uh, I think that y- you did have to factor in the heat in the way that the team played. And I think you saw that with both teams. And it was a factor in terms of not that it favoured one side or the other. Uh, I don't want to say that, but just that both sides had to pick and choose their moments. What I think was clear was, first of all, Rangers were nervous. Frankfurt were nervous, incidentally. And there were periods in the game where well, they were scrappy. Um, and both sides, I think, uh, you have to take into account that when we're used to watching European finals, certainly the last few years, the teams that get there tend to have a lot of experience of being... At this sort of exalted air level and neither of these two teams did and they knew it was such a big opportunity for both so there, w- there were nerves in there from a Rangers point of view I think in the first half in particular that led to an over caution we were very worried about Frankfurt in, in a transition if we lost possession in the middle of the park Frankfurt are pretty devastating on the counter and that's what got them here uh, if you, you watch the matches against Barca and West Ham, that if there was a mistake in the middle of the park, they are terrific at season on it and within a couple of quick passes being in your goal. And I think Rangers were very wary of that in the in the first half in particular, which meant that we tended to go long a lot. But Conor Goldson's passing wasn't as accurate as it usually is. James Tavermere wasn't. Uh, having his best games in terms of being able to collect again, because I think there was the worry about Kostic, who is by far Frankfurt's star man. So I think what that led to was a very cagey match. And if you look at a lot of the chances uh, in the first half, either way, they were really due to either a set piece or a mistake. And both sides, I think, were very conscious that that would lead to, and of course, both goals you look at and defensively could have been prevented so I I think that that sense of occasion um and playing perhaps the occasion rather than the match itself was was a shared experience for both the for both the sides and I think that it meant to in our terms not quite playing with the same uh direct aggression as we have in previous matches I think that's totally fair.
2: I, I completely agree with the sentiment that the occasion. I don't want to say it was too much. I don't think that's fair because it feels a lot. If to it was me. too
1: much, they got battled, right? I mean, exactly. It, 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 and That's it, exactly
2: it, it, it. I mean, the scenario in terms of how it played out and how you got there. I mean, is fag paper thin, and as far as I'm concerned. But Martin, I'm kind of keen to get your thoughts on this. Because I think the way how the, the game unfolded, I think, you know, exactly as David said, I think that you saw nerves to begin with. Then I think the fatigue started to set in in terms of obviously playing and, and, and some, some you know, crazy temperatures at times. And it just felt like, as you say, it felt very much like a, a goal could win the game. And when we scored with 30 minutes left to play, I just thought at that point, could we give ourselves a lift? And I mean that even from the three of us being in the stands, you knew that the, the probably the, the the feeling at the beginning of the game was nervousness from the stands. The, the, the fans, you know, we probably could have heard a far more raucous Ibrox had we been playing um, Frankfurt there. But at this point, it just felt like as if we could have moved on to a level as well. And as David just said there, it was sloppiness in terms of the way how we conceded the goal equally. It, 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 it was a, a, a toss of a coin i think in terms of how we got to that 90 minutes without someone making another mistake which could have led to a winner
0: yeah i mean both goals were sloppy i think that's probably fair um i i i can't have been the only one uh and i said it to people around me and we, we all kind of agreed at the start of that second half that this feels like a first goal as a winner uh type of affair um because of that caginess that, that, that David mentioned, a lot of factors uh, that, that that David mentioned as well as to why that was. I don't think it was a huge surprise, as much as that first half was torturous, and it was the whole thing actually was was not an enjoyable experience for most because it was so nervous, and it was it was just sitting there looking at us, um, we 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 could almost touch it, and um, it just felt like. Uh, <laughs> if we're staying in the game just uh, we talked about this all day stay in the game nil nil half time's fine get to that hour mark or whatever and we'd hope to see maybe Ramsey or Roof or both and and go um we got that gift and uh, we you know Aribo took it so well the best reaction I've ever been involved in the best crowd I've ever been involved in um limbs as the kids say uh the best ten minutes I think I, I can remember following Rangers anywhere. Um and you know, you know me, I'm not the most positive in game, but I I, I felt I felt we could we we could see it out. Um, because I, I, I just had that feeling of a first mistake will cost it, you know, the first first goal is a winner. Um and I suppose the the more detached neutral observer of the season um, wouldn't have been too surprised to see us lose a goal like that because it's a, it's the kind of uh, the kind of thing we've been doing um, all season. But as you said, Cammy, there, there's there's not another mistake in it. There's not another um, huge chance or, or, or certainly huge moment that, that, that decides the game and, and that that state of play, um, that tension between leaving ourselves too exposed, which I think was. The overall feeling in the match, we we knew how good away, uh, how good a counter-attacking side they were. That's why they're here. That that, that performance in, in the new camp, for example, devastating. Um, they played very well on Tava and Kemp, um, which kind of nullified our maybe natural aggression to go out and grab this final. So I think both things and the heat and the, the general kind of tension um played its part. Uh, extra time, I thought, with a better team. But I still don't think we were brave enough to go and grab it to go and actually take the opportunity I like think that, that, that was the feeling other than those 10 minutes post goal it was just this feeling of um, I, we're not seeing this Rangers team at their best some key no, players key, some key players put in the worst performance I've seen for, for, for some time this wasn't them at their best now I, again we, we talked about this in advance as well did we need that Ibrooks thing? Maybe not even that Ibrooks thing, but that, that match situation thing where we went to Ibrooks in those last two games behind, but not far behind. So we had to be positive. We had to go and grab it at appropriate moments and that, that Leipzig performance was, was controlled aggression, smart play. Um, But there was just this kind of will and the fans had it as well. We were all kind of joined by this kind of positive will because we were slightly behind. Finals obviously not like that. And I think we were all gripped by a uh, well froze fans and players.
1: Yeah, I think David, so. I if want to... Sorry, it, Cammy, if you so watch the game back just before you say, if you, you watch the game back, see after Leipzig, uh, Leipzig. Sorry, see after Frankfurt score. Hmm. Both the teams then retreated straight back into that. We are not conceding. We, you know, so we will go to extra time. And uh, again, it is. It's that. It's that. You know. Both sides, I think, had a, a a fear of losing that was higher than yeah. the sense of winning that they'd had on the way to, to the and that's tournament. That's a
0: disappointment, isn't it, David? That, that That was yeah. my overall disappointment. If Rangers had run themselves ragged and been braver and bolder and tried to seize the day and got caught by a better team, it would have hurt. Uh, of course it would, and especially if, if the manner of the, the you know the winning goal would be I don't know late on or whatever and uh, we would have been devastated. But I think there's just an overall sense that, that we we didn't give up. This wasn't the best version of this Rangers team in Europe at the crucial moment. And that's the regret. That's yeah. the and sense I, of, I, of of kind of, of you know, emptiness that we have no idea when we'll be back here.
1: No, and I think that, experience that plays that a huge part in that. Yeah, it's I think well, ex- it does. I do, I, and I really do. Because let, let's face it, it's Liverpool, Real Madrid in the Champions League final. Both yeah. of them are filled with players who've played at that. And both of them are filled with players who can reasonably expect to play in it again. And they have supporters who are there who can reasonably expect that they will see more European finals. Neither of these two teams could. And, and I, if there's a nine track Frankfurt podcast, trust me, um, if the penalty shootout goes the other way, they are having the exact same conversation that we are having right now. Uh because it was that type of game. So yeah, I mean it's it's one of those ones. If you lose you're always a bit frustrated. Could player X have played better. I, I agree with you, I don't think certain players who are huge players for us played particularly well. I thought Tav had a very poor match um, by his own standards. Defensively it was fine, but uh in terms of, of his attacking play, just couldn't get his touch wasn't no. wasn't on. Um Kent was marked at the game because they had three on him constantly and unfortunately we didn't have the forward line that was able to take advantage of the extra space afforded on the other side. Um, Basti was the only
0: outfield player that performed the way with the the, the, the confidence and the, the, the positivity that he has shown
2: throughout. Yeah, I, I, thought, I I think. think off- I think when you when you look at when you look at where the, they they clearly did their homework. There is no doubt about that. Frankfurt did not fluke their way to this final by any stretch of the imagination, but. They 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 kept us to be able to try and hit long balls, uh, and then when you're been able to see Kane, as you say, with the lack of space, he had to work hard to be able to generate anything he could get out at the back of that, um, in in order to be able to try and penetrate fully. I think there was a dip in performances across the board, which is a shame because, listen, do you know what? Play that game again next week and maybe we see a totally different outcome with the same with the same starting personnel. But one thing that I do want to kind of touch on within that, um set up as well as talking about where we saw the, the range of substitutions being able to come in, because I think, as again, like you say, anyone who was there and anyone who who realised just how hot it was on the ground would have seen that players were starting to, to you know, the fatigue was setting in. The problem with that then becomes that you struggle to be able to justify when you can't get solid performances out of people, but therefore others are tired, we start to see players get down the cramp, but Shy of a, a good Scotterfield chance, which I think he had a, not long after he came on in extra time, there is obviously the chance that people have been talking about, which is the, the Ryan Kent shot saved at point blank. Angles would seem to suggest that the ball that came in from Kamar Roof, um, who had played a grand total of about 60 seconds at this point, I think, um, that the ball was out of place. So I think likely it goes to a VAR appeal that's yeah. about it but yeah. one of the things I want to talk to you about um, and I'll put this to David as well was I think that it's fair to say because we knew that Roof wasn't fit we knew that he wasn't going to start there was obviously a lot of kind of conversation go the course of the day about whether or not he would he, he would start and, and, and it turned out to be the case and he was only going to be able to make a fleeting appearance based on being able to come on as a penalty taker which is probably the, right, the right, thing to do at the time, I don't think we can look back at that and say that it wasn't fair, because I don't I don't think he's anywhere near fit, and we will talk about that as we talk about the Scotch Cup final. David, I suppose we need to kind of look at this pragmatically and say, would you have picked any other penalty takers to be able to be in your top five? Because they're the obviously what well, we're focusing on, the miss I'm Ramsey had, but I actually think when you look at all of the penalties, nine out of ten of them are pretty exceptional penalties. Yeah. Um I, I can't, I can't create the energy to to blame Ramsey. I think that it was a poor penalty, and I understand people saying that. But we know that he's come, he's he's come on to take that penalty. So has his There's no doubt around that. They just couldn't have made an impact elsewhere.
1: Um, it's a difficult one because of the 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 way that the whole Aaron Ramsey move has worked out or has not. The. I think, firstly, you need to separate. Had Aaron, had Aaron Ramsey scored that penalty, it still wouldn't have been a successful signing because he, the fact that he wasn't available for whatever reason to be picked to start this match, this match of all matches, tells you that it hasn't worked out. Because when Aaron Ramsey arrives in January, if you'd said we'd a major final, two major finals in January and uh, May, you would expect him to be first name in the team sheet stuff. So that's been the, the story of it. Just cameos, mostly in matches that were of little importance. And the sign, uh, the, the, the signing has been a bad signing. So it's separate, though, from the penalty. Um, I, I'm of the school, uh, any penalty shootout, that if you've got the, the cojones to hold your hand up and say, I'll go and hit one, especially in the first five before you're made to do to do it. That, you know, nobody deliberately misses. Nobody wants that feeling. Nobody wants to know that it have cost a club and themselves the chance of it. So, I think that being angry at somebody because they missed a penalty is not fair. Right? It happens. It happens in every penalty shoot. Somebody has to, and somebody does. And uh, therefore, I don't think that your know, criticism of him for missing the penalty is fair. Criticism of the signing is fair because it hasn't worked and that's how you get judged. And you know, I was excited when he came in. You know, you look at the track record, you look at the level that we play at mostly, but it just it hasn't worked at all. And it's unfortunate. This is of course now what you'll be remembered for as a as a ranger. But I'm not angry at him. You know, disappointed sure. Uh but I you know I don't think you can blame someone for it. You can have regret for it. Same same with the Goldson situation. You can have regret for it, for the mistake. But, you know, they didn't do it deliberately. And I think to blame them for it is a little bit harsh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, nine of the penalties were absolutely top. I mean, you could have had McLaughlin in there with McGregor. And I'm not sure they're saving any of those five Frankfurt penalties, unfortunately. Um, it's a cliche but Germans at penalty kicks but it's because yeah. they're, they're top drawer at them Uh German sides they are and uh, you know it, it, a thousand ifs and buts coming out of this game, one being had Ramsey scored that, then we were getting to a stage where they had to miss they, they had to score to avoid losing and that would have been an extra pressure which we were never able to put on them, so there's that, but in terms of if, if I have one regret Cammy I would have liked to have seen him on 10 minutes earlier because when he came on they were out on yeah. their feet, and even in those couple of minutes, as you say, he created the chance. The Kent chance, he should score, but it's a wonder save. The, the, both can be true. Um, he still should have scored, but it's still, even at that, a tremendous save by a top-drawer goalkeeper. However, you're right, it would have been ruled out. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I seen the, the having seen it back and, and saw the angles that they had. I think it would have been ruled out for the ball going out of play. I'm not sure that would have been any better, to be honest with you. I'm not sure had we scored... Enough I think, I think finish, it would have been worse. Yeah, yeah, I think... I, it,
0: I, did, that's uh, heart attack stuff, that. If, if we'd if, scored, yeah. celebrated,
1: I'll, and then had Vardraled it, that might have been worse. I'll so. be honest,
0: I, I, that, that was kind of right in line with where I was up in that stand. And um, I I expected... I, I kind of expected the flag to go up. I, I thought it was out. Um... And yeah, you know, I mean, Ken's got to take—he's got to take the goalie in with him. I mean, I, I just don't care as he need that one earlier. He's finishing the pawn. Ah, he's terrible. It's just—it just it just is its, it's beyond. Yeah. And I know he causes in other ways so much grief for opponents, and that's why, of course, he always plays. But it's—it's kind of getting a bit ridiculous now. Um, the the Ramsey thing—like uh, we could have gone home after extra time. Never won. Never. Um
1: and where where are but, you on the Barisic thing? Um, when he he, he seems uh, to terrible, terrible luck just before
0: a, a crucial before a a poten- game.
1: Yeah. yeah, just before a potential penalty shootout is like a really red zone for him, as as they say when injuries occur. Well, I think I think three times, three times, three
2: now
1: times now, time yeah. he's been taken off. Yeah, listeners might be going, "He's are terrible." I can't believe you're saying that about him, but. Three times is very unlucky.
0: Ah, uh, Listen, mm. uh, Roberto Badgers missed a penalty kick. It, it, it happens, but they will not. Um, and I'd utterly... Uh, that tab-free kick at the end, I felt, was was their last hope. And the, the crushing disappointment when, when nothing came from that. Because you knew. You absolutely knew. Um, and I, I think uh, myself and the, the boys around me, we picked the five. Don't think we'd have done anyone else made sense but you know I, even if it gone to sudden death I, you just they, they, you knew what was going to happen ramsey and roof earlier a lot of people screaming for it we, we saw the reaction to roof the, the, the a defense that looked looked like we could get at them but we never really did um and all of a sudden they looked all over the place when roof was on and he, you know you're right there was only a minute um, before he was kind of causing havoc. Uh, now, we have no idea genuinely whether he had more than five minutes in him. He hung together by gaffer tape there. Um, but, you know, Ramsey has played the last few weeks. Um, physically, you would have felt and assumed that he was able to to do something in extra time for the pretty much the, the, the entire period. Uh, we've had this debate before big games when he started have passed him by. He's looked bright in those first 20 minutes and then it's, it's gone past him. There's there's nothing wrong with keeping good ball players till late in the game when it's stretched and players defenders are tired. That makes perfect sense to me. I just don't know why we didn't see him earlier. And that's what I mean about being bold. Now, the manager has been bold all the way through here. Usually when we're behind, or in trouble halftime at Ibrox against Dortmund the the, the two second legs when behind the eight ball you need to be bold then you know their choice um and I, that's what will haunt me for a long time is I just don't think an extra time when it, it I did feel that we were we were looking all right and they were starting to be really really ragged that I just don't think we were bold enough and brave enough and I would have had ramsey on at the start of that period maybe roof a wee bit later because clearly clearly he didn't have the legs for for more than like a handful of a, a minutes of a cameo in there to take a penalty but you're looking for passes over a ball or players that can do something um that's when you've got to go for it and we just didn't um and the sign itself listen it, it's, it's, it's the hardest thing in the game is to, to recruit well and, and get things right it's always a risk especially with, we knew we knew the story. Everyone knows Aaron Ramsey's story. Um but it was a gamble that that broadly made sense with the kind of numbers that we're talking about. Um and you sometimes you've got to take those 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 gambles now and again. Um yeah, but the, it hasn't paid off and that's that, that's football. There's no there's no guarantees with, with recruitment, even with fit players, they just don't fit the chemistry of a side or whatever. It's no, it, nah. Uh yeah.
2: Martin, let me let me stick with you then for that point, because I think you've touched a few things there that I was keen to talk about. And I, I do also want to talk about the civil experience as well, which I'll come on to in just a second. But I don't think it's unfair to say that based on how you saw that final being played, the route to the final, that Rangers deserve to win it. I think that you've got key injuries that have absolutely given us a severe body blow um, and decimated I think, certain opportunities for us to be able to to really go out there to express ourselves. And when you miss it and a penalty kick, I, I just, I, I think that even, and I saw this, even in my own experience, speaking to Frankfurt fans uh, after the game, you know, the next day, etc., there was no gloating, there was no, you know, we were all over again, blah, blah. It was very much, a, as I say, it was a shootout and that was just the kind of way it fell. So supposedly what I'm keen to to, to understand from you is, do you feel that this is now, given the coaching experience that you mentioned there, and how we can do effective game management, tie-to-tie, leg-to-leg, however you want to be able to to walk through it, and if we can crack that nut of solid, consistent recruitment, should a semi-final or a European final be achievable again? Stay within
0: the next five uh, years listen, in your opinion. Well, I left Manchester like I'm sure many of us did thinking right, seeing Rangers in the European final was a big chance. Never really turned up, but never had that much expectation that we, we would, to be honest. But I will never see this again. Yeah. I don't I don't feel that way this time. Um what I'm definitely confident of is that, that Rangers being a fixture Relative fixture deep into European season, i.e., you know, post Christmas, um, is absolutely within reach. Uh, you know, we we've talked a lot that this wasn't an isolated run. This is this is part of, of four years of of European progress and respectability and uh, just a, a reputation being completely um, restored. restored and. So I don't see that ending in Seville. Um, I'd be very disappointed. In fact, that's all you can ever ask for, Cammy. Cup football. I mean, you
1: you
0: you, you have to be like <clears throat> ourselves and Celtic will rightly expect to be in finals unless we meet each other along the way at home, because we're that much stronger. As much as as football, cup football can be capricious. <clears throat> that that is a reasonable expectation just because of the strength. We don't have that in Europe. We shouldn't have been there really at all this, this season. Um. So <clears throat> who can say, be, just because of the nature of cup football. But a contender, being in there, having a chance, being involved, which is, if we're being honest, all I wanted since I was a kid really was for Rangers just to actually be respected at this table on a consistent basis, not as two runs based in, you know, vodka and a a, a good old british team spirit um that we've got what well the the kind of minimum i I kind of demanded as a kind of spoiled teenager to get to final again you 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 just need it all to to kind of align i think it will happen i I can't say within the next five years and it might be it might be the conference as well you know good that european football's back to having those three routes um but yeah i i it can happen um, whereas after Manchester I didn't think there was a chance in hell I'd see that again to be honest um, so it's two different things and I mean recruitment Jesus, uh, what a summer we 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 have in front of us in terms of the work that has to be done, I can't say everyone is entirely confident that, that that's going to be managed well but we're just going to have to wait and see
1: I must admit that I left Manchester in 2008 pretty firm in the conviction that well i saw my team in a european final i didn't ever expect to and i won't do it. i won't do it again and here we are 14 years later and i have i've seen two so from being 30 years old and absolutely certain i would never see rangers in a european final and i was i was certain i've now seen them in two so in terms of can we do it again yes we can in terms of will we martin's right who knows you can't legislate for it, you can't say for definite. But here's something that I think should come out of again to Echo Martin's point. The last four years, not just this one year, is that I've been guilty. And again I go back to this a lot, but it's true, child of the nineties, that European football was so painful and so regularly humiliating that I just sort of airbrushed it from mattering to me. Because it had too many boots to the was, and even this season we the, the game against Leon at Ibrox, we lost 2-0 Leon were just a level above us and I said you know, said on here, ah, well, what can you expect, Leon they're a side that have got a legit shout of winning this, you know and I've realised through this run that the thing that will prevent us, absolutely categorically will prevent us from reaching it, is the belief that we can't and I won't do that anymore. I am going to demand from the side that, as Martin says, you might not win it, you might not reach the final, but you've got to be aiming to. You've got to be aiming. We, You know, Rangers... I McCoy said a thing in his, his, his video that he did to build up where he said Rangers were always a big club. It's just everybody had forgot. And now they're remembering. And I count myself in that. Because, you know, I knew we were big, but big domestically and big with a big support, big worldwide, Know that, but our oh, football's the way it is, we, can, we can't compete that level. Well, that's self-limiting, right? That is, it. so now, yeah, I'm going to demand that, yeah, let's go, let's, why not? Why can't we beat them? Right. Well, Why is it impossible? It it absolutely is impossible if we decide it is. Um, And it might be based on the 11 players we have taken on another side's 11. But let's not go into it with that spirit. So, no, as I say, it's, it's probably taken me, after growing up, thinking we could achieve European success, then getting out of my 20s and thinking it's completely gone. It's probably taken me another 20 years. And there was a Euro final in that 20 years. But it's probably taken me up to this four years to go, no, hang on here. There's no reason whatsoever that we absolutely shouldn't now just go, oh, well, group stages, that's good. There's X amount of million pounds, couple of away trips, fabulous. We need to start going, we should, we should get out of this. And then we'll see how the, the draw goes, the, the the luck of the draw, etc. cetera. Um, a tailwind behind us and you never know. So uh, you can't. As I say, if you're a club like us, if you're a club like Frankfurt, you can't say, I oh, will definitely be back in four or five years time. Uh, we'll definitely be back next year. You can't. Right. That's that's understandable. But you can certainly say, see when we get into it, let's let's really push and give it all we've got. And this is a, if you like, a bit of an admission from me, because uh, I was among the worst for it. That Europe was just this, became just this money making and an away trip thing. And this team over the last four years of well, actually, no, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be. We should be pushing the, the side and we should be gutted if, you know, like last year we went to, to Slavia. Now we know there was circumstances, but um that was a missed opportunity. And I'm gonna start seeing it as such and I'm gonna start saying, you know, you could have you could have done a bit better there. Uh this particular run, uh mild regrets about the final, absolutely. Sadness, great deal of sadness that we couldn't get over the line in it. But anger, nah, none because on this run, Kami, we have achieved probably, uh, or certainly possibly, but I would say probably, the greatest single result in our history in Europe, which was beating Dortmund 4-2 in their own backyard. We then had two utterly spellbinding nights at Ibrox when we took on Red Star and when we took on Braga, and then we had, what? to me and certainly to a lot of people I've spoken to was the greatest night in our lifetimes at Ibrox against Leipzig. Now you can't I think be too angry at a side who have given you all of that and then gave us this this experience to Seville which up until we got to the ground was was a wonderful experience. What you you can do though is say I want more, I want more of this. I want more nights like those those three nights at Ibrox that I mentioned. I want more nights. I want more trips like this. And I don't think we're being unreasonable to push for that, because for me, we've wasted a lot of years, obviously not when we were in the lower divisions, where it was a drive. I'm talking about, you know, really kind of, you know, 1990 to 2010, or certainly 1996 to 2010. We've wasted a lot of years going, ah, it doesn't matter, we've got Hibs on Sunday. That no, I won't do that anymore.
2: I want to, yeah, and I want to kind of touch just on that as you mentioned there about the experience. Because listen, I think my my reflection now that I've had time to kind of sit and decompress and been able to try and, and and just look back on on the experience as a whole, and I mean that from probably half time against Malmo all the way through to midnight, whenever it was we finished uh, in Seville on Wednesday, is that it's been a hell of a run. You, you, you've hit the nail on the head perfectly, David, when you're mentioning about the the nights that we've had, the togetherness that we've had, and I think that that was exemplified when you saw our travelling support. Over 100,000 were able to make the trip to Seville from all around the world, uh, been able to take them over. Um, run up to the to um, the, the final had suggested, you know, that there would be uh, closures of bars, restaurants, all turned out to be total nonsense probably fueled and rumors created by people who let's face it are not friends of the club um Seville as a host city I thought was tremendous absolutely wonderful experience across the board um bars restaurants um just small drink stands everybody was well looked after however once you got to the stadium it became a very different story now for anyone who's Wasn't aware of this. In order to gain access to the stadium on Wednesday night, you had an e-ticket downloaded via the UEFA app. And the setup was that you were to attend the stadium with your your app. It didn't have anything on it other than just your seat designation, but you wouldn't get access into the stadium until you were met by a steward who would then activate the ticket via Bluetooth and then you would then be able to go in via turnstile. Now, take that scenario, plus also um, people likely travelling home immediately after the game. Uh, you would get to the ground. You'd have to show your ticket, but also you were given quite a, a, a quite a scrutinous search. I think is probably fair to say um, everyone get into the stadium were separated into queues of males and females, given a search. But anything on them, I would say bigger than you know your phone could possibly have, or chunkier than that, was immediately going straight into the bin, including phone chargers, suntan motions. I, 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 I saw people who, um, as I say, they they had. You know, bottles of water etc taken off and I would expect that, that's not a problem Um, we'd also started to hear rumours that we had arranged a display of our own um, but that was then taken down apparently by the Spanish police and David I'll come back to you on this as well because I think the most concerning thing more than anything else that happened in this was during the game from, from when I got into the stadium itself, the kiosk queues were complete shambles, a complete farce, and part of me thought this potentially could be a problem. I thought that could have been flashpoints because it became pretty unruly. People before the game were coming in want to try and get a drink, whether it was zero alcohol, beer, water, soft drinks, whatever. Little did I know that it would be out of water, and that then led to people having to go into the toilet and use, you know, basically water out of the tap trying to find containers, been able to try and use it from there. There was serious, serious dehydration risks. And although the game kicked off at 8 o'clock UK time, it was still, I would say, mid-20 degrees within the stadium itself, which has no cover. There was serious, serious problems. Now, I know that the club have already complained back to UEFA to explain how this shambles could happen in 2022. Um, But I honestly thought it was absolutely shocking. When we get to the point that the Rangers doctor has to go into the crowd to be able to try and help someone due to potential dehydration issues, David, um, it is just a complete farce. It it, it was dangerous, and I mean really dangerous in some circumstances.
1: Yeah, it was. um, Firstly, there's been a lot of talk from back home about that the fans were quiet, and there's a few factors for that. First was nervousness, as Martin says. Um, but the other one was, uh, if, if you weren't in the stadium, I'm I'm really not sure you can quite get just how bad it was the 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 whole circumstance because it wasn't just what you saw in the stadium, folks. It was the the few hours before it. Um, first of all, fans were told specifically items that they couldn't could take uh, they couldn't couldn't take. Which was fine. People had looked at the rules and they were turning up. Now, obviously, anybody who's turning up with, you know, a slab of laggers deserves to have it confiscated them. But that didn't happen. So we were told to get there early. There was going to be a lot of searches involved and there really were. And they started uh, miles away from the ground. So you were forced to walk round to certain points. You couldn't just go up to the stadium and find your, find your section. This despite the fact, we were told this was for segregation, despite the fact that the fans walked up to the stadium footprint together. And a lot of fans were sitting in the same sections together because there's a lot of neutral ticket section. So that seemed like bollocks. But anyway, so you get there, then there are obviously queues to go through each one. Then when you get up to the stadium, uh, the Spanish police, the searches were... Well, I think, Martin, it was you that said to me, you had to phone your wife and tell her that you just committed adultery because the guy <laughs> was up that, that you're, forward you're with you. you. Yeah, he was. I mean, I think Martin got touched in his special place and he wasn't the only one. So you got up there and, the, you know, you were being asked to show your ticket like four times along and maybe kind of you know, an 800 yard stretch being stopped like four times for it. So we got there. And the searches, were they were taking off people's hats and looking under them. Now, what they think you can have stashed under a baseball cap is beyond a bit of paper, maybe, that might be used, fashioned into a weapon. Um, and then they're the removing things like battery packs from people, uh, despite being told you need to make sure your phone is charged and that battery packs are allowed. They, were try- they, they did remove AirPods from people, which, you know, expensive things that people own and are quite common to carry but they were removing them and you were told you either um for me i, I had mine uh, i took all, all my stuff out of my pockets stuck it in my hat and put my airpods under my phone and moved to a guy who didn't look quite as militarily uh, aggressive as some of the other spanish cops and luckily got in then once we got into the ground after all that remember, we're walking about in the sun. As Cammy said, at this point, the sun's 33, 34 degrees easy. Probably a bit hotter, actually, especially with all the bodies there. Get into the ground. And this is when the lies from, you know, Sevilla, they said, oh, you know, we had plenty of water ordered and fans were assaulting the the kiosk. So we had to close them. That's all lies, all bollocks. I was in the stadium at 20 past six. The section I was in, which held 10,000 people, had one kiosk open and another five. There was six in total. Five were closed. People approached the stewards and asked, "What time will these other kiosks be opening?" And they said, "They won't be. Right? There's no staff. They won't be opening. So you need to get in the queue. The queue was well over two hours, and I'm not exaggerating that it was well over two hours. If you wanted water, never mind food. If you wanted water, so by the time I got up to it, it was they were out of water. So I was lucky. I was able to buy some juice um but other people weren't then they were completely out of everything any liquids whatsoever so people then had to start drinking the water you know as you say from the taps in the toilet which you're always told don't drink spanish water but apparently all of a sudden it was fine to drink uh and then the taps were turned off now severe saying oh no the system malfunctioned it's bollocks of a guy in in orange maintenance uniforms going into toilets and turning the water off. Um, People were, people were passing out. There were people lying dehydrated. Now, in terms of guys saying well, you didn't sing as much as as we would have if we'd been there, or maybe not. Okay. Um, Although where I was, I was fortunate there was plenty of singing in the section I was in. But I mean, this is my voice like a day later. So uh, maybe we weren't but it is quite upsetting when you see people like adults lying passing out from dehydration, stumbling and confused and unable to answer questions. And they've got kids with them who are in tears. When you see guys panicking because they're diabetic, and people have been trying to take their insulin off them, they tried to remove medication from supporters going into the ground. It is a bit upsetting and it is a bit hard when you see a guy stumble and the, the, the stadium is very steep. When you see a guy stumble, come to, is the only word for it, um, bleeding. And then it's difficult to then turn and go, right, lads, lusty chorus of 10 German bombers. So I understand the disappointment from people back home, but trust me, if you were in there, you would realise it was horrendous. If you treated dogs the way that the supporters were treated over there, then you would be done by the RSPCA. And it was clearly the Rangers fans who were getting it worse because, yes, said, well, the Germans got in with a, got in with a display. Yes, they let them in with a the display. They wouldn't let us in. I had a flag that wasn't on a pole and it was confiscated. So this pitch from UEFA about, oh well, the Rangers, they had plastic flags and you guys had them in bamboo. No, that's bollocks. Um, because I, had not, yeah, I just had it draped and it was taken off me. So it, it, it was inhuman. Uh, I'm very angry and of course, straight away you see the cover-up begin. Um, because it's easier to blame supporters but there were people in there for six hours in 30 degree plus heat exposed in the sun with no water that is inhuman that is just absolute disgraceful and they're incredibly lucky that there weren't fatalities because if there were UEFA would have blood on their hands.
2: Martin no, I mean obviously David's his
1: expressed, and you can hear
2: the, the the anger in his voice. Talking I'm about fucking raging, exactly. can't
1: I'll be quite no. honest, because as I say, I saw I saw one wee boy sitting in tears because his dad passed out, and a copper come over and basically just stood over them, didn't do anything. Wee boy's terrified. Rangers' plans approached to help the wee boy, and the coppers told them to get away with a baton. strong I, I I honestly I can't. You you don't treat human beings in that way. I totally
2: agree, but I think one point I want to be able to try and make on that and, and I'm a big believer in, you know, self-praise is no praise at all, but I think when you consider those circumstances and again you can hear Martin, the 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 anger in David's voice when he's been able to try and talk about it, you put people who, as I say, have been drinking all day, they're seeing these circumstances and the fact that there wasn't a reaction to that I think also emulates what was my own particular experience having arrived in Seville and, on Tuesday Tuesday night Going um, out experience and everything as well, there was, I think, a really enjoyable atmosphere. I didn't feel any sense of problems at all. And despite those horrendous conditions at the stadium, I do believe uh, that the support at the stadium uh, do need to be able to be given out a lot of credit for the fact that there wasn't serious issues with this. Anyone who's ever dealt with Spanish police, and I have, you know, in previous occasions been away with Rangers before, seen firsthand. The zero tolerance from Spanish coppers. They they are—they have nowhere near our level of preventative measures. As soon as they can crack out the baton, they will. But I think we need to do, give 100,000-plus a, a, a bears tremendous credit for being able to go over there, have a really enjoyable atmosphere with the Frankfurt fans, conduct ourselves appropriately, not uh, be provoked by these incidents at the stadiums and what was a total shambles in terms of arrangements. Everyone went there... Hopefully all now returning safe as well. Um, and that, I think for me, is, is is why it does feel different to Manchester because I went over there and had a really enjoyable experience outside the 120-odd minutes of the game. Um, and I think that we will rightly be be praised for the fact that, you know, we've got a huge travelling support that, as David mentioned earlier on and Alan McCoy has mentioned, is hand-in-hand is, is hand with a club the size of ours.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, Cammy. I forgot what the question was. To be honest, um, the the day itself was just joyous, genuinely, um, and with Manchester in mind, I think it was ridiculous to have concerns. That, you know, the, clearly the club did, <laughs> given those uh, entertaining videos uh, early in the week. But it was it was absolutely superb, other than a, a, an incident with Frankfurt fans near a pub. I think um, in the the kind of run up to the game, um, and yeah, everyone deserves praise. You shouldn't really need praise to just behave yourself like a normal human being during the day. Um, but it was, it was, it was great. It was a day that will live with me for for a long time. Um, you know, enjoying that experience with you guys, and you know, my dad was over from America, other people from um all around the world, and just just kind of catching up. It was. Kind of what football should be, um, and as David's mentioned, the the, the match experience um, was was very very different. It, it it did get quite hairy where I was. I'll be honest, um, near that kiosk, couldn't see any assaults or anything like that. Uh, but it was it was um, not happy uh, for understandable reasons. This was uh, what between seven and eight local time, um, when the one out of the three or four kiosks that was open. Um, was was then, the world was getting back, they were running out of just pretty much anything. They were crisps though, just what you need, and, and that that kind of heat is um, a, a salty snack. But um, yeah, so the tensions were getting high, and yes, I think that, that the fans inside the stadium in those conditions do um, deserve praise for for that understandable anger, uh, not to boil over into something else. Um, it just changed, the whole mood, and maybe this is just me projecting appreciate that but it just kind of changed as we started to walk up because the, you're just gripped by tension all of a sudden it's been a kind of carnival fortnight since Leipzig everyone's just been floating about and that's what the during the day was like but when you get to kind of four or five o'clock said like, right why well, just kind of make our way up you were kind of joking that life was a lot easier when Gothenburg pumped us out in August you know I mean, you don't have to worry about these these kind of things but um, maybe that there was just that kind of collective tension Um, and then getting in was not as easy as it it really should be for a uh, one of the pinnacles of the, the, the european football season you, you would expect things to run like absolute clockwork and this is what happened when a football club is rewarded for its team success in that competition rather than the actual facilities that they have um and look the, the allocation thing i think maybe you ever get, got it too tight for that because most european most europa league finals don't sell out we sometimes fool ourselves into thinking that loads of clubs have the support that we do they don't it's not normal um so in an ordinary year the actual allocation side of it would have been fine but the the handling of it i think there's going back to david's question or a point about the chargers and things um the battery packs they are banned i think in spain So for the police, that's the norm to remove those. Now, you're right, though, UEFA had an arrangement in place that those would be allowed, and they just ignored that. Um, And I have to laugh, for those of us on that upper tier, David, do they think we're Tom Brady or something? I mean, who who is reaching the the pitch from from up there? Yeah,
1: and I always find it funny that they take the bottle cap off you in case you throw that, but the full bottle of juice, which I think, in terms of aerodynamics would have a far bigger chance of landing on the Look, it, it was a nightmare it was an absolute disgrace um and nothing will be done people are saying well you know yeah. the club can do this or nothing will be done nothing is ever done with british and I, I i use that term advisedly when it's british fans in europe because uefa don't care the authorities don't care um, and nothing will be done. It never will be. And people could die. That's the thing. people Well, will it stop when people die? Is that what they want? They won't care. They'll apologise. They'll do what UEFA have done. They'll put a, a bland apology statement, or they'll do what Sevilla have done and tell a lie, and then they'll all move on, and they will not give a toss. And that's another reason why I'm angry, because it doesn't go anywhere. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's absolutely disgraceful. To Cami's point, you know, just time's getting to us now, and just before we, we wrap up, um, the, you know you're right you don't want to say oh well done we behaved because you know that's what we should do but even so the the palpable disappointment from certain quarters in scotland that rangers fans hadn't yeah. burnt down cathedrals How I many, think tells you a lot. yes it's went, there went yeah. to, to, to no use oh the stories were already written weren't they about uh, yeah. you know, uh civilians that headline must have been um you know, ready to go in about 20 papers. And the fact that Rangers fans went, had a party, lost, disappointingly, were treated like animals and kept their dignity, and then we left. Um, That's exactly what happened. So, you know, the Rangers fans, we didn't give them a story. And for that, you know, uh, well done. Because honestly, if I had kicked off at that stadium, then I'm not sure I could sit here in judgment of anybody who lost the plot. Because as I say, there were some very upsetting. I've never seen anything like that following Rangers my first European ties in the 90s, um, my first European away day, I've never seen anything like that. James, this has all been
2: very cathartic and, and hopefully people listening are probably going through, and I'm sure they have all been through the same ranges of emotions as us, and conscious of time and more importantly allowing yourselves the opportunity to uh, rebuild the energy for what is obviously a massive game for us now in the Scottish Cup final um, on Saturday at four o'clock. Martin, just briefly, um Obviously, you know, we can't be blase about these things. We did have our eyes on bigger prizes, so I understand why people are now kind of saying this feels like a bit of a, a consolation, but we have to we have to be able to try and regroup. I, I think we have to look at this now as being an opportunity to put what has been a domestic cup hoodoo in recent times behind us. And um, you know, uh, I live through in West Lothian, I live through close to Edinburgh way. I know plenty of Hearts fans. They are delighted that we went the full uh, the full distance on Wednesday, they are very, very much up for this. Um, we are going to have a very tough game on Saturday afternoon.
0: Um, well, conditions and, and circumstances make that tough. I'm not sure by the football itself being tough. It's, it's what we can do. It's that internal challenge, which has been this season in a nutshell, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm sure when I get to Hamden you know, the juices will start flowing and you, you start getting back into it because, as I'm sure Dave is about to say, we have not been troubling trophy engravers. Um, they've not been doing overtime on our watch uh, of late, so Correct. This, I do
1: this, think... this idea of, oh, well, I don't care about Scott. Well, I do, because, yeah. you know, I've, I've not seen enough silverware. Oh, that, massively. Uh, massively. Yeah, so but I think I it's
0: do... for this, it's been a weird season. It, it has. It has, and it's it's felt <laughs> it felt over, overwhelming at times, actually, just the, the, the kind of constant never ending tension ups and downs pretty much since Malmo Um, but for what this team have given us those moments that they have given us to walk away with nothing um, this season would be would be pretty uh, it would feel pretty unfair though sport isn't unfair you you do get what you deserve ultimately so I think when, when push comes to shove and when when the the, the warm up's done and that they're, they're back in that room. Whomever is 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 tasked with starting that game, and I certainly don't expect it to be the same eleven that started on Wednesday. Um, that th- there will be that drive to 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 get something from this season, because they deserve it or they, they should deserve it. And if they want it, they they will. I mean, that, that's that's ultimately it. It's not about us, can we? It's, it's it's about us, and, and being able to pick ourselves up another emotional day to day, uh, with with the uh, Jimmy Bell's funeral. Um, so just so much going on over the. It just seems like the last two months has just been constant range of stuff, um, highs and lows, and I, but a big a chance for the manager and, and and the the senior pros and the the, the leaders within the dressing room who didn't perform to, to what the, the levels that they, they they can do on Wednesday, I have a feeling they'll they'll want to to, to really do it and I think we'll be
2: alright. David, you always like to make a habit of agreeing with Martin when he's right, I take it he's just encapsulated your thoughts there.
1: Yeah, absolutely Luke. Um it's ideal for Hearts, but let's be honest, Hearts can't beat Rangers if Rangers play well tomorrow. Yep. Yep. Uh, however, it'll be how's the legs, how's the recovery, how's the head? You know that'll be the key battle for the manager and for the players. How's the head? Uh, and you've, you know, they've got to get back up for it. Rangers fans, will, will go again. We'll dust ourselves down. We'll go to Hamden. Um, you know, we'll be we'll be ready for it. I never thought I'd be actually looking forward to going into Hampden for a, a good fan experience, but it's going to seem like like <laughs> yeah, to, well, yeah, it's got got you seem like Tottenham's new ground compared to what we went through on Wednesday. So um, no but,
0: Kiosk and combine everything.
1: Oh aye, aye. I mean, give <laughs> me chips, twice, twice. Water and I won't caprice on. And I like, no, absolutely. Um, uh, look, at the end of the day, we haven't won enough to turn our noses up at opportunities to win things lately. That simple. Uh, the team have got to deliver on Saturday. It's very trying circumstances. I mean, they've, they've come back yesterday to then, you know, do the recovery. They've got Jimmy Bell's funeral today, which will be an incredibly emotional experience for so many of them. Um, and then we've got, you know, the cup final on Saturday. So it is draining, but it, it, it's, you know, it's got check time, as they say in the US. It's uh, get your chest set, remember the badge you're wearing and go and deliver. And then if they do deliver, then I think in times that we will look back on it and say that was a, a big achievement given the circumstances of it. I, I'm confident we will. And I'll just finish up with a wee bit of advice to you, if I can be so presumptuous, play loudy.
2: <laughs> yes, it will be a very interesting to see what team selection we have put out for us as well. Good luck to to um to Rangers tomorrow in the in the Scottish Cup final. Safe travels if you're still coming home at this point in time whenever you're listening to this as well. We'll make sure that we make plenty of noise at Hamden. David will be back with you on Monday with the flagship. This is the last extra show of the season as we say so the Scottish Cup uh, review will be happening um, on Monday's show. Thanks to the executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers and if you'd like to hear more of us include Martin's excellent Dominant series which has been absolutely fantastic over the last number of weeks. Please join us at patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Thank you to David for, for joining us today.
1: Pleasure, thank you
2: And thank you Martin Always a joy Thanks folks, let's uh, get that Scottish Cup secured at Hampden. Speak to you all again soon Bye bye